The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the refrigerator and router of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who keeps our games fresh as long as possible. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Oh, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I think as That's most as bad. most people, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I wanted to give you credit on an excellent uh, episode t- title because I thought oh, thank I you. laughed literally <laughs> out loud when I read it today. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty proud with it. I was pretty proud of that one. So hopefully our dear listeners appreciate it because I was I thought it was pretty great. Yeah, that was very good. So awesome. It's been a interesting, you know, staying on the gaming front. Yeah, it has been an interesting. You know, week since we recorded last, because this was the week that E3 was supposed to be, and there have been a lot of game announcement things happening, and while a lot happens at E3, my general sentiment is I feel like it was way harder to keep track of what was going on. Uh, it was weird, because, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, um, um, there wasn't a lot of communication, like usually in E3 week. I think things just kind of, for me at least, popped up. Like, hey, this is going on right now. I'm like, oh, right. oh, geez. Or like, hey, this is happening at 5 p.m. on a Saturday. Like, right. what? Why? You're not competing with time slots right now. Why don't you pick a different time? <laughs> I know. It's interesting. Yeah, because IGN started their stuff. There was the Destiny stream, the PlayStation stream, uh, the gate. Fu- Future games, future game games show. in the future, yeah. the future game show, the Gorilla Collective. There's a ton of stuff that and happened. PC gaming show. Oh, that too. Yeah. Which is pretty big, actually. That happened. So, okay, Josh, I'm going to ask you one other question, and then we're actually going to get to the show. This one is not going to be gaming related. <laughs> so, as people probably know, it's just my partner and I. We don't, I mean, on our dogs. We don't have kids. We don't have other family members who live with us. Uh, so, I've been feeling a little self-conscious about something, but I wanted to double check to see if you think this is appropriate or not. So... When it comes to the summer, there's obviously a lot of grilling that happens. Yes. And with that grilling, you know, there's burgers and there's brats and there's hot dogs and all of other sorts of things that get grilled. But really what I'm focusing on right now are things that get grilled that go on buns. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Josh, is this blasphemous? I, I just need to know because I've been feeling guilty about it because I think I might actually like it better. I have stopped buying hot dog or brat buns. Yeah. And I literally just cut them in half and put them on a hamburger bun. Oh, man. Okay. And the reason, <laughs> let me hold on one second. The reason this started was because with two of us, it's impossible to get through both brat and hot dog buns and hamburger buns. Right. Like they go bad. Yeah. You know, because we can only eat so many at a time. So it's easier to get through like a bag of burger buns if we're using them for not only burgers, but also for like hot dogs and brats when we cut them in half, put them on. Is that blasphemous? Well, first I would say, 
Uh, as someone who used to work for a factory who produced McDonald's buns, uh-huh. uh huh, freeze your buns. Get a get get a gallon Ziploc bag. Uh, freeze your buns. Uh, you would be surprised at how long they keep and how well they come out of a freeze. We actually used to freeze them. Yeah. That's what we did in the past years. But this year we wanted to try this other method to see if it worked. I mean, you do you, right? I mean, you're definitely fighting for the hot dog as a sandwich argument uh, by doing what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, is a hamburger a sandwich? I don't want to. We, we can't. We don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time for this. Uh, uh, I, I definitely have... In a pinch, use lots of different. I've used uh, um, uh, quesadilla, uh, or sorry, tortillas? I should say tortillas uh, for hamburger buns and hot dog uh-huh. buns. Um, okay, I've used bread for both hot dog right. and hamburger buns. Well, and you know, uh, there are things like patty melts and stuff that are traditionally served on bread. Yeah, but usually it's like, oh shoot, I don't have hot dog right. buns. Right, right. <laughs> um, but now I, if if that's the case for me now, I just kind of co- I cover them in condiments and cut them and eat them. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, if it works for you, I mean, more power to you. But it sounds crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we, like I said, we used to freeze the buns, and invariably we'd forget to pull out the buns that we needed in when time. We needed them. Yeah. Granted. They do defrost extremely quickly and even really effectively, even in a microwave. You can throw um, them on the grill it, too. It, yeah, no, absolutely. So it, it doesn't, it's not too bad, but we just thought this might be the better method. And, you know, I, if I were throwing a, hosting a gathering, I think I would go back to buying multiple types of buns, but it, I don't know what's going to convince me to go back. I really don't know. It would be funny if you had a cookout and you invited people over and you gave everyone. <laughs> Hot dogs on hamburger buns. That would be pretty funny. It made everyone cut them in half. <laughs> There's something, too, about condiment distribution that works well with that. I don't know. It's 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 not too bad. It really isn't. <laughs> so, dear listener, am I ridiculous? If, I, if I've done some sort of blasphemy, I'd love for you to tell me. Uh, hit me up or hit up our Twitter uh, and let me know. Is, is this absolutely horrible? I want to know. Uh, but with that... <laughs> We'll jump into the show. Uh, so thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or also on Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Before we jump into the topics, Josh, I just want to say one thing really quick, and I'm curious if you're having this issue. Maybe not. I am really looking forward to playing the last of us part two <laughs> yeah obviously the reviews are out the reviews are stellar also just so you know josh uh you basically because i still have our notes from when we did uh metaspring and the last of us was part of it yeah uh you guessed it was going to get a 97 so you missed it by a point six <laughs> so nicely done there nicely done nice but because of my anticipation for this game josh every time i sit down at my console to play a game i don't want to play anything because it's not the last of us part two sure i get you that makes sense. You're reserving so, your time. Yeah. So 
I have like just sat down on my console and looked at it and been like, I don't really want to play it. I guess I'll watch a show. <laughs> and that's what happened. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I started playing Kingdom Hearts 1 yesterday just because I'm also not in the committing. I have plenty of games that I need to play. Right. I'm just not committing time to them. It's not Last Last of Us related. I think it's more worldly related. But uh, yeah. but I, I totally get where you're coming from because... <clears throat> Like for Mass Effect and stuff like that, there's definitely been times in the past where I intentionally wouldn't start playing something. Yeah, and I'm bummed because I cannot take Friday off of work. It's a, there's just no way I can, and I'm very disappointed by that fact. Uh, but I'm hoping to sneak yeah. out a little early in the afternoon to hopefully get some playing in. So anyway, that was it. That's all. I just wanted to ask <laughs> that question. So on jo- to the topics of the show. Josh, what is your first topic this week? Okay, well, let's move right into the serious stuff, right? Uh, let's do it. <laughs> Our first two topics of the show. And we can get lighter, I think, from there. So yeah. uh, in respect to what's going on, I think what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm really just going to read a couple statements, and then I think, and then Kyle and I will discuss them. But I'm, I'm going to read them verbatim just so I don't um, muddy the message. Uh, but basically, we had two, we had two, a lot of, I should say, a lot of um, board game companies, and I'm just sing- singling them out because I'm talking about the board game companies at the moment have come forward and made um, their own statements on the Black Lives Matter movement and what's going on in the country right now. Um, and well, Kyle and I kind of mentioned it off mic before we started, but um, some of the things that have been very disheartening to me is the comments we see where I am seeing, I don't want to speak for you, Kyle, but the comments I am seeing from the board game community, which are not as I expected the community to be. Meaning, there's a lot of very hateful and hurtful speech coming out of board game consumers, which is really just adding to my overall depression, I guess I would say, with what's going on. I really thought this was an area where we had some hope. That being said, I'm going to read you two statements that are hopeful. And one is from Leader Games, who does uh, Root. Mm-hmm. And other games, but most notably Root. And then one is from Monolith Games, who do games that cost you a house. Uh, <laughs> very expensive miniature games, uh, like Batman, uh, Gotham City Chronicles, and Conan uh, for fame. So I'm going to start with Leader's announced uh, statement, and I'm going to read Monolith's, and then Kyle and I will discuss. And we don't even have to elaborate too much. If we don't want to, we can just kind of say if we have any thoughts. So let's start with Leader Games. Now, Leader is addressing uh, the Gamma Trade Show and the Origins Online uh, show, where last week we saw this pretty big call to arms with um, persons of color in the board gaming industry. Not just not, not consumers, but actual um, designers, developers, um you name it, if they have part to, of board gaming, reviews, etc., they were speaking out because uh, Gamma had not made a statement on the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. Um, so I, I, want, I don't want to give Eric Lane credit for being the first person to back out of uh, Origins Online, but he was definitely a very vocal voice in it. Right. And then people started dropping out... Um, a lot of people from Dice Tower and things. And there's actually a very interesting uh, interview between Tom Vassell and Eric Lang that you can find on, mm-hmm. 
on Dice Tower's uh, YouTube page, I, I would suggest listening to, even if you're not a board gamer, um, but you're interested in this like social dynamic in this this human rights movement. Uh, it's definitely a good listen. Uh, right. So I'm gonna try to just. Well, I should have this pulled up. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is a statement from uh, Leader, and they say. Yesterday, Leader Games withdrew from participation in Origins Online. We made this choice for two reasons. First, we wanted to make it clear that there was no room for silence on matters of inclusion and and police brutality. Second, we wanted to stand in solidarity with the BIPOC or BIPOC voices in our industry and community who pulled away from gamma-sanctioned event. When a striking number of voices who are vocal for diversity, inclusion, and positive change and the industry step down from their positions, the call to action is clear. They should be commended for their bravery and listened to. Late last night, Gamma made an official statement to cancel Origins Online. Though this statement answered some concerns, it too contains several notable omissions that highlight some of the challenges facing any effort to make the hobby more inclusive. Specifically, one, their apology has no mention of the BIPOC members, of the industry who stood up to them. It also fails to note that these voices were the catalyst for the decision to cancel Origin on- Origins Online. Two, their plan to make amends by asking attendees and publishers to forfeit their Origins Online payments shows a lack of initiative and imagination. As our industry's governing body, we expect Gamma to take the lead without waiting for the initiation of others. And three, there's no actionable statement on how they can work on uplifting the BIPOC community or an attempt to broaden their board or staff, nor does it recognize the board's failure in this regard. For these reasons, until the Gamma board introduces new and diverse voices in the upcoming election and provide an actionable plan on how they can uplift these voices and provide a safe platform to hear those voices, we will disassociate from Gamma in the following ways. 1. Pull out of all Gamma-sanctioned events and conventions. 2. Return our Origins Awards. 3. Remove the Origin Award emblem featured on the back of the root box on any future printings. And 4. Request our refund from Origins Online in full so that we can double it ourselves and donate it to the Black Visions Collective on our own behalf. We have been active members of the industry and have been honored with the highest awards Gamma can bestow. Despite this history, we do not hesitate to stand with our peers in demanding these changes. We must unequivocally declare that Black Lives Matter and recognize the lack of diversity in our industry and create actionable steps to uplift minority voices and provide them a safe platform to be heard from and thrive. For the sake of the community and the gaming industry, or the game industry, we hope Gamma can learn from this experience, make changes based on what they learned, and join us on the path for change. I have faith in everyone as we move forward to repair our strained union. I love you all, and I want you to be safe. Black Lives Matter. So, actually, I think we'd be doing them disservice by going right to Monolith. Uh, I think this is such a strong statement, and I never expected this not from any company. Right. But I, I think it's incredible that they're asking for for Gamma to provide a voice where they really just kind of just laid this thing out where I really feel like a lot of board game companies are going to follow their lead on this. 
And to remove, literally remove the association with Origins Award on their games and send their awards back is a very, very um, strong statement. And and I'm hoping they have a lot of um, BIPOC employees because this shows to those employees how much this company cares about them. Um, Not just in general, but if they had people directly working for them, this is a really big um, thing they're doing. And I really uh, was shocked when I read it, but in like the best way possible. It's just a very, a very solid message. And um, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know what else to say, except I think that this is like a shining example of how to address something in the board game community community that has kind of just kind of just went by the wayside for a little bit. And they even address that like Gamma didn't really make a statement statement. They just kind of made a statement about not making a statement. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, leader is a small company who has only produced a few games, but those games have been very, very good. I think it's also important to note that, they're based in St. Paul. So yeah. everything that is kind of going around on or happening in the world right now is hitting very, very close to home for them. Um, Patrick Leader, who runs the company, has, at least from my understanding and from my experience, always been extremely outspoken in trying to um, raise up voices of people who are, are not otherwise heard. Uh, so this is just another example of them committing to that. But you're right. This is them taking, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Is they're saying, here's the message to us. Here's what's important to us. And here's how we're going to respond since Gamma is not representing our values appropriately. And I think it's important if you're one of our video game listeners to understand that Gamma basically, this would be equivalent to, and I I was going to say like PlayStation and Xbox, but those are too big of a company. So think of a really talented indie video game studio like um <laughs> of course i'm gonna blink on one you just anyone that is i was trying to think of the people who made um well it's hard when Bastion. you're trying to think super of a giant. specific game like, yeah company <laughs> <laughs> i know because i was thinking of all the games super giant made i'm like what's their name but anyway think of super giant games coming out and saying you know what esa who puts on e3 and who does all of our um lobbying to congress we don't think you're doing a good enough job so we're gonna basically we're gonna call you out to the entire rest of the industry and here are the steps we're going to do to disassociate ourselves from you who is supposed to be an advocate for us (laughs) because we think you're doing a bad job and i think the most stunning thing to all of this to me and this isn't from a, I don't want it to sound like a PR perspective, but it's going to kind of come out and say that, sound like that. Yeah. If you're Gamma, how, when you had to cancel Origins Online, because so many people canceled. Yeah. How do you not come back hat in hand and say, we messed up? I think you, if you want to come out good, you have to do that. Right. But they, so even from they a, even didn't really do that. <laughs> no. And that's what I don't get. So one could argue, well, that's just a PR move. Sure, maybe. But at the very least, from a if you want to be very skeptical or pessimistic about the entire situation, just from a business standpoint, from a good business standpoint, 
why don't you why don't you do that that's what you know when you think of playstation pushing back their ps5 reveal yeah was that a marketing move absolutely it was now was it the right thing to do and should they have done it absolutely right it can be more than one thing right and i just don't understand they just missed the mark on so many things that it doesn't surprise me if you're a leader you're like look (laughs) everything you needed to do was laid out to you and you still couldn't even do that how can we trust you to do anything (laughs) else well yeah so but you're right this is huge them giving back their awards all that is big and i think it's very in tune of them to say no we're going to request our money back and make a bigger donation in our name so it doesn't look like it's coming from you yeah, absolutely. Because that's what it's going to do. It's, you know, it's just like when you go to the store and they're like, do you want to give a dollar to whatever thing is going on? And you're like, yeah, I'll give a dollar. Well, that company looks super sweet then when they make a $1 million donation yeah. to whatever, you know, <laughs> that was no money of theirs that they had to worry about. Granted, it's just good that the money goes to a worthy cause. I don't really care about who gets credit for it. But in those situations, of course, those companies are going to be like, this is awesome. You yeah. know? Yep. Oh, I agree. <sighs> Sorry, I shouldn't address the silences with my yawns, but um, it's no no relation to what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, so we'll move on to Monolith Games Monolith uh, at Monolith Edition on Facebook. This is where they posted. Um, so I'm going to read you two posts from them. And, uh, well, I'll just start. I think it should be noted that the – I'm going to read it verbatim uh, – they are not a primarily English-speaking company, so if there's anything that sounds weird, it's just um, lost in translation. So, greetings, Monolith community. We aren't always fleet in our communications. That won't surprise anyone. But some messages are, are better late than never. We at Monolith stand with so many other publishers in our industry and wish to voice our message of inclusivity. We are part of a beautiful medium, one that brings people together to share in the love of gaming and good times around the table. Gaming is for everyone. Racism, prejudice, social injustice, and intolerance have no place in this community. Going forward, we will take time to reflect on our business, our team, our products, and see how we may support a diverse community of gamers, designers, and artists. At this moment in time, we want to share an important message, one that should be easy for all to say, one that should not elicit contrary reactions. Black Lives Matter. That was the end of that post. There were three hundred. <laughs> there were three hundred and nineteen comments. I am not reading any of the comments because, like I said earlier, they are disgusting and hateful. But not the majority. There's, they just, you know, they outshine the people who are supporting them. Mm-hmm. So we have a and then Monolith replies to their own comment multiple times until this point. This is the last time they they should have commented, and right. they should have just shut comments off. Uh, so they say, let's be crystal clear, in parentheses, excuse my broken English, in parentheses, saying Black Lives Matter implies that Black Lives Matter too. That absolutely did not imply that other lives don't matter or matter less, but it does stress a point. Today, Black lives are more in danger and seem to be of less importance for some people. We can't accept the situation and it has to change. So if you think that black lives don't matter, Monolith is absolutely not interested in your money. Fred Henry, CEO. So, and of course, more comments. Follow. Right, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think that is another great 
First message, perfectly worded, clear, Mm -hmm. concise, and brief. You know where they stand, and you know what they're trying to do. The second message, very clear. We're seeing the comments. I want you to understand, if you don't think what we're saying is true, we don't want your money. Because we think you are fighting against inclusivity and racism and uh, sorry <laughs> fighting against inclusivity and in board gaming um right. so i think that this was uh from a company who is very financially successful and at least known very well in the in the kickstarter world mm-hmm. um and board game world in general i really think um it was another just another great statement it doesn't maybe necessarily hit with the same um gravitas as leaders statement as against gamma but it's still a very powerful statement that i'm glad people are saying right no absolutely and i think especially for a company like monolith you know they're not based in the u.s trying to understand the complexities of what are going on here and apply it to their business practices complicated it's not a simple thing for them to do uh but they still felt it was important for them to take the time to do it and there are some companies who have definitely taken some heat for not ta- speaking quickly or coming out uh, very fervently um, in their positioning. But part of me, I, I don't want to say that it's quote unquote okay, but I get it if you're a company like Monolith who isn't living in the United States with this information in front of you all the time, right? Yeah. You're hearing from, you know, understanding the gravity of everything that's happening is just different when you're located in a, in a, in a separate place. Yeah. Um, so I still think it says speaks volumes that they took the time to put that statement together. And like you said, to come out and say, Hey, if you don't agree with this, then we don't want your money. Yep. So, uh, and Isaac came out and talked about even on oh, yeah. the, Kickstar- <laughs> the Kickstarter for Frosthaven, uh, that after he had done his statement, um, supporting black lives matters, uh, he lost two backers. Yeah. <laughs> two. Yeah. So, you know, when you have uh, however many thousands of person on Kickstarter. 53,000. 53,000. He lost two of them. <laughs> so uh, we're going to kind of stay on this train for my story as well, um, or my topic. Uh, this coming from Stonemeyer Games, who obviously we have been big fans of Stonemeyer on this podcast. Uh, Jamie's been on the show. So obviously take everything. We're going to stay with a crane of salt if you'd like to in relation to this. But Stonemeyer came out and similar to, I think, more similar to Leader's position, but I think even more emphatically in some ways. Yeah. Um, made a statement on Black Lives Matter, and something I was referring to last week, created a declaration of action. So this is on their website, on the blog. You can definitely go read through the entire statement. It does start off saying Black Lives Matter. But then, interestingly enough, it goes into declaration of actions. And it creates seven bullet points of things that they want to do. Um, It says, like, starting, and I'm not necessarily going to go through all of these, though they're all very important. Uh, but like number one is we'll actively seek out foster relationships with and offer aid to more biopoc reviewers and content creators and I think or biopoc excuse me and I think we've said that com- that statement a couple times important to note that means if you're not familiar black indigenous and people of color hmm. um, so just that is a term that's been being used a lot especially in the board game world but very few people are actually defining what that's st- what that uh, acronym means. So, but not only do they say that they're going to actively seek out and foster relationships, next they say, our goal is to sponsor the local design, enhanced recording equipment, and hosting fees of at least 25 content creators each year for this purpose. 
Number two, we will actively seek out talented BIPOC candidates to impact and improve our games. This includes game design, development, playtesting, proofreading, and art. So that's an action statement. Doesn't give out specific too many specifics about what they want to do. But then third, our annual charity auction will include more BIPOC content creators in the gaming community, each of whom will choose a charity. And then he goes on to, for the 2020 auction, we'll make a match donation of at least $5,000 to Arch City Defenders, a St. Louis-based advocacy group. And this goes on and on to donating donating literally thousands of games to BIPOC organizations and community members and and organizations, uh, providing scholarships uh, for game conventions to BIPOC folks, you know, working with kickstarter projects a whole bunch of things that stonemeyer games wants to do and i was very heartened i i guess is the best word to see this because we talked about briefly last week about companies donating money and money and funds and resources are definitely important but there's all these other things that are i shouldn't say more important but are things that show your commitment in a way that money doesn't. Yes, all these things cost money, yeah. but they also cost your time equity. And as a company, you only have so much time. Stonemeyer has two people. It's a two-person company. Yeah. All these things they're going to do are not only going to... It's not that they wrote a check and can walk away from it. This is going to be active time they need to spend in their business addressing these situations, following up with these pro- this plan of action, and showing their commitment to it. And your your budget is definitely a fiscal... Um, a fiscal dip, dip... Oh my gosh. It fiscally shows what is important to you, but how you spend your time speaks even more volumes about that. And I was really impressed to see this, especially coming from such a small company, because this is going to take a lot of time. And there's nothing you can, there's no way you can say that this is going to be an easy lift or task for them. Uh, but it definitely shows that they have a very strong commitment. What were your thoughts, Josh? No, I mean, I, uh, I was very surprised to see it, but uh, in a good way. Like, this is uh, a really big undertaking. He, he's going to, to to do but it shows i think it shows a few things it shows one that he is acknowledging that he hasn't done they haven't done everything they could do to support right this community but he that he wants to do it so right it's it's more of a at least it reads to me like it's not like they're doing it out of necessity they're doing it because they realized this was this is an underserved community in board right. gaming, and they have the the resources to help serve that community. Right. Um, you know, so I think it's I think it's incredible. I think it's great. I think it's unfortunate that it makes me think of people like former bosses of mine who blame affirmative action for them not having better careers. And I know right. that we're going to be subject to a lot of these people who who have privilege that say they don't because they've right. never been in right. their mind given things because of it and that is not what this is this isn't stonemaier games giving things to people it's helping people who are in this community that that needs help right now and needs to be acknowledged um and i'm really excited for stonemaier to do this and hopefully other people follow suit and 
and support more BIPOC gamers and designers and people in that community. Um, because I think to make a, a small comparison to the women in gaming movement that happened last year and even the year before, right there, there was another underserved community that people were either unaware of or maybe just blissfully ignorant to. That once the focus was put on that, I'm not saying that they're where they should be, but a lot more focus was given to helping f- female game designers and developers and, and and all these things in the board game industry uh, get stronger and be more prevalent in it. So this is great for BIPOC the community. Right. So I'm, I'm really happy that they're doing it. And I hope they set an example. I saw, I'm not going to call it anyone's name, but I saw... Um, someone who is responsible for PAX board gaming share a weird board game bingo thing. And one of the things was like taking a shot at Jamie for his posts. And I thought like, why are we call it like, why are we making our own industry ugly against each other right now? Right. And why aren't we all supporting each other? And this is an example of uh, Jamie and Stonemeyer supporting their community. So, um, I think it's great that they're doing that. I agree. And like you said, it's not, it is the community. It's not just game designers because they could have said, Hey, we're going to work more actively with candidates who are designing games, playtesting games, all of that. But it's not yeah. just that it's about content creators. It's about reviewers. It's about game conventions. It's really about the industry as a whole. And yeah, it's one of those things that it's, it's nice to see them step up and, Say, here's how we're going to try to make things better. Because really, the bit, when it comes down to it, it's really easy for me to, as a cishet white guy who has a lot of privilege to say, you know, Black Lives Matter and I care about these issues. But Stonemeyer is taking that to a whole nother level of acting on it, to it, expanding the number of people they know, expanding the, the people they're bringing into the industry and their games and everything. And it's, I think it's a good thing. And I'm sure... You know, you could take shots at it if you wanted to. It'd be really easy to say, oh, this is a whole just PR marketing move. Like, yes, you could do all of those things. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe if you want to be super pessimistic about it, it is just those things. But if the action plan actually succeeds in the goals and it does make things more equitable and raise up more voices who are not being heard, I'm not sure that that's necessarily a bad thing, even if it is just a quote unquote marketing move. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I have the same th- theory. Like, you get to choose how to live your life. Why live your life assuming everyone like is out for themselves? Right. Just, just take a leap. And yeah. what's the worst thing that can happen? You're disappointed in a company that you'll never be involved with personally in your life. Just right. <laughs> live your life the way you want to, and let other people do the same with their lives. Absolutely. All right, Josh. Well, that's it for rounding up topic or rounding out topic one. I think we're going to move on to some a little more lighthearted topics as we round out the show here. So, Josh, what's your second topic for the week? Hey, so let's move on to what we were talking about at the beginning, which was some of our um, E3 presentations that still happened, even though E3 uh, did not happen. Um, I'm not. I didn't talk about the PC gaming show just because. Well, we don't talk about PC gaming too much, but right. um, I would say if you're interested, I th- I'm pretty sure if you go to PCGamer.com or you even go to their Twitch channel, you can still watch uh, 
um, the feed. I think it stays mm-hmm. up for a few days. Um, there were definitely some games they show that will also be cross-platform, and there was a lot of uh, interesting things to see. Um, but that being said, we're going to cover, I'm going to cover uh, Games Radar. Um, uh, I, I think it's their show. Games Radar's uh, future gaming show, uh, which was hosted by uh, Nolan North and Emily Rose of uh, Uncharted. Um, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you a little bit of a roundup of the games that we saw. And uh, we won't go over all of them because there was a lot. But what we did see first, not in any particular order, but just based on Games Radar's website, we saw more footage or the same footage of Kina, the Bridge of Spirits, um, which we're finding out is actually a PlayStation 5 and PC game, not just a PlayStation 5 exclusive. So it will be available on PC, um, on the Epic Game Store, in fact, exclusive to Epic Game Store. Um, And this game, I don't know, this seems more like a Kyle game to me. It definitely looks like a very beautiful platformer. What do you think? I am super stoked for this game when we talk more about the PS5 show later. All this right. was one of the highlights for me. I think this game looks awesome. Granted, we'll have to see how it actually plays, but the look, the sound, the feel, the atmosphere, all that stuff, I am totally into this game. Cool. All right, we'll talk about it during the PS5 stuff. Uh, one of the other games was Dustborn. Uh, this is a game by the, the uh, Red Thread Games who made Dreamfall Chapters and Dragon. Um, it, to me, this really looks like... Um, and now Life is Strange meets Superpowers. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's the very, the art style and storytelling seem to be very Life is Strange-ish, except your character or characters, uh, seem to have some type of superpowers. I'm not sure if it's different for everyone, but we definitely see combat, which is obviously a, a change from Life is Strange, but it still has like those choose your own adventure story threads. So I think it looks right. pretty interesting. Uh, Serial Cleaners. So if you're a fan of Serial Cleaner, uh, the game where you are legitimately a cleaner of uh, murder scenes, I guess. <laughs> uh, they are moving the game into the 90s. Um, and there's, they're, they're saying it's uh, more Tarantino-inspired. Um, and it's going from 2D to 3. So uh, we're going to see a lot more of serial cleaners stop me if there's anything you want to talk about we saw quantum error gameplay um this was announced with playstation 5 this is what i've been talking about what i'm what i and we only started a little bit but it really hits what i think i'm missing in the new doom games compared to doom 3 Mm, i really feel like this feels like the doom survival horror shooter more than the Doom Quake Arena shooter. Um, yep. But yes, uh, it it just looks super cool. Uh, just if you're interested in Doom um, and, and or survival horror, just check out Quantum Error's trailer. Uh, you can find them all on this uh, gamesradar.com um, under the Future Game Show Roundup as well. You can watch all these trailers. We saw some gameplay from Skater XL, which is apparently a game that's still in um like pre-development or early launch or whatever they call them nowadays right um but i guess it's still coming soon so i mean yeah 
check that out really quick <laughs> yeah really quick so skater xl you know i i think is the effort to bring back skate yes. people want to skate to come back big time if you're skater xl and you're you know planning to launch this summer or early fall are you really bummed when they <laughs> announced the remasters of tony hawk one and two i think yes and no i think skater has always been the gran turismo of skateboarding games like right. tony hawk is the forza horizon and right. skater is the Gran Turismo, so I guess it depends. The problem is there's been so long without a skating game, but yeah. they're both going to be fighting for like that market share. And oh come on, there was that that really good Tony Hawk Five game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one that just disappeared as quickly as it came out. <laughs> right. Uh, we saw another trailer for Ghost Runner, which is this super fast cyberpunk ninja parkour game <laughs> uh, i played the demo um on my old pc i haven't tried it on the new one to see if how much better it runs but definitely is very pretty and fast um it's like kind of like mirror's edge on drugs like very much on speed <laughs> so right. uh if you're in if that sounds interesting to you cool check it out <laughs> we saw morbid <laughs> the seven acolytes trailer and and to me this was basically Children of Morta meets Diablo. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, looks sure. same art style as Children of Morta, except it's more dungeon crawly like Diablo. Mm-hmm. So check that out if you're interested. Um, and then there was, there, was, there was a bunch of other games. I don't know that uh, Inculinati, which was a pretty interesting looking game, where, um, well, I'll read the description. Y'all, y'all have never played nor seen anything quite like Inculinati. Yaza's Yaza Games is turn-based strategy inspired by the unique art style of medieval marginalia and centered entirely around anthropomorphic animals beating the crap out of each other. Uh, <laughs> and it's essentially it like as you're playing through the game, like a, a literal hand comes on the screen and draws something new that happens in the level. It looks definitely interesting. Um, we saw a trailer for a Kyle game called Dog Gone. Yes, we did. Uh, so uh, it's basically, well, I'll read the, you can't pet the dog and dog gone, but that's an understandable trade-off given that you're playing as them in Raconteur Games' story-driven odyssey in which a determined pup is trying to find his way home. Inspired by the likes of Limbo and Journey, this is a narrative adventure not to be missed. Homeward bound with one dog. There you go. Uh, we saw Alathoth, Champions of the Four Kingdom, which is uh, a very Baldur's Gate-esque looking game. Uh, Smite, for some reason, we saw. I'm going to just skip right over that. I probably shouldn't have even mentioned it. Uh, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockdown, which is basically like a party-style game with ragdoll physics. Uh, looks interesting. Um, we saw a few other games that I'll skip just because they are known in the industry and we have certainly talked about them before. Um, but yeah, I think, I actually think the PC gaming show was better because it showed a lot more games. Right. Um, like Persona 4 Golden coming to PC. Well, actually available now. Available now, yeah. There's actually a bunch of games they showed that were available now or demos available now or, you know, right. stuff like that. But there was a lot in the PC gaming show. Um, but this covers at least more platforms, so. Uh, yeah, this was a bit long for my liking. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, I want to say it was maybe an hour and a half. Oh, wow. That is long for the number. Because if you add up the times of those trailers, 
That is not anywhere near 90 minutes. Yeah, there was a lot of talk in between the two of them, and they, they also did some developer interviews. Okay. Um, uh, but I, I, I definitely watched the trailers, but I did not watch the full show. Yeah, I want to say that the PC gaming show was to just as long. Uh, I can see that. Potentially even longer, um, but there was a lot less talk in between. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, it was still nice to see new games because we're def- sure. we're definitely sorely missing that at this time of the year right now. Indeed. But yeah, interesting thought here. Hmm. So outside of maybe Kenna, because it obviously saw uh, play at the PlayStation 5 show. Yes. Do you think if we had a quote-unquote traditional E3 this year, how many of the, these games do you think we would have seen somewhere talking about talked about oh. during E3? No, I agree. I think that more these games are getting more time. Right. Um, based on the, the split of, of content. I, I also forgot to mention, <clears throat> only because it wasn't in the roundup, we did get a trailer and some gameplay for The Captain is Dead, uh, the board game moving to the digital space, which I would say it is. At, it, there's a lot more added to this than just a board game translation. Mm-hmm. You can definitely see like there's legit voice acting and... Um, the trailer was a tongue-in-cheek, funny, like, 70s sci-fi commercials kind of thing. Um, a game I'm excited to. I've only played the board game once. It's by AEG. But um, it's a great co-op game, so I, I really hope that it's affordable so I can buy a copy for all my board gaming friends that we never play board games with anymore, but at least they'll have it. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for that one, too. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I'm, ex- I'm I'm nervous about your next topic. <laughs> okay, so Josh, my next topic, we're going to try out the button shy challenge. And the reason we're going to try this out is because I take a look at these when they post them, and I always kind of think about them in my head. And usually I get to a place where I feel kind of okay about them. But this one was a real challenge. So let me explain. Every couple of months, button shy games creates a design challenge. The catch being, though, that you can typically only use 18 poker-sized playing cards to design this game. If you're not familiar, Buttonshy uh, publishes games that are only cards, usually up to 18 or right in that 18 ballpark range, fit in a little wallet, very inexpensive. Um, Tussie Mussy was a Buttonshy game, so really those small, easy-to-take-with-you games that have minimal components and all that good stuff. Josh has a whole yes. suite of them. <laughs> <laughs> so this month... They, and the interesting thing about this is when they do these challenges, you submit your design to Button Shy, you can win money, and potentially they will publish your game if they think it's good enough. Okay? So here's the June-July 18-card challenge, Josh. Create an 18-card worker placement game with cards only. Yeah. So they, th- they go a lot. They do a really good job of giving you definitions about what a worker placement game is. But basically, for them, they say, we see this, these as games where you place a finite number of units or workers onto a limited job slash tash that pays out in resources or provides other types of bonuses. Examples being Stone Age, Lords of Waterdeep, Everdell, games with lots of components. So here are the rules. You can use up to 18 cards. They must be poker-sized. You cannot use anything other than cards, Josh. That's so crazy. no, nothing provided by the player. By the player, no pens, no paper, no tokens, nothing other than cards. You cannot modify the cards in any way. So no markers, dry erase, or scissors. Rules must be reasonable, and no additional components or player-provided components or tools are allowed. In addition, you cannot have a dexterity game. There can be no solo games, no tile-laying games. 
Little to no simultaneous reveal. Try to avoid flip, rotate, and swap as your main actions. Uh. And if you're looking for loopholes, you will not win. So, Josh, <laughs> worker placement game yeah. with 18 cards. Can you think of a way within the rules to create a worker placement game? Well, I was thinking of one, but then he said no flips. And I know, how right? How do you give resources without at least putting a different resource? Like, I'm, I was like, well, okay, you, you put a resource on the front side, and then you put three of that resource on the back side. So at least when you're getting more resources, you don't have to have that many cards because that's limiting you to 18 cards. Uh, and then wh- where do you even? Because of course the first thing I go to is Stone Age. So I'm like, okay, are we are we having people too? Are you also generating people, or are you literally just right. harvesting? wood and stone and in my brain that's where the like obviously you can have any time period for worker placement right Um, but in my head that's like i'm like resource driven people development i don't know (laughs) so they do have a clarifier in here because they said to clarify as we've received a lot of questions on this you can flip rotate and swap cards but we don't want to see games like this Set out the cards in a grid on your turn. Choose an action. Flip, swap, or rotate a card. One player wins when, insert win condition here. Uh, We see too much of that and are looking for some interesting choices and interactions. Right. So with that clarifier. (laughs) It has to be two player only. If you're dealing with 18 cards. Right. It would be very challenging to go above two players, I feel like. It has to be. They said they don't want solo. No solo games. So it has to be two player only. And yep. it has to be competitive in my head. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a uh, worker placement. You could do cooperative. Game. You could. I think but it what makes would the win condition be. Uh, it, like get the X number of points, or you know what yeah, I'm saying. Like it would have to be similar to like Fantastic Factories, where you're oh true building to a cause. So if it's like you, you, the two of you have to. I don't know if we make it citywide wise have to build these specific buildings on this difficulty level, like build a, build a house, build a Mm -hmm. town hall. Like I'm thinking Warcraft now, um, (laughs) build a barracks or, or, or not a barracks, even like, a um, a silo or, or some like a food processing place, something like that, depending on what you're doing. But, if you want to make it like civilization style, you do it where you you create the base civilization, but you need obviously you need to draft cards that are resources to build these things. And the problem is finding the same types of buildings that use the same amount of material because you do, <laughs> you can't use different materials. You just don't have enough cards to do that. So if you use the elements, right. okay, so we do. Let's. I'm all over the place with this. You can do earth, wind, water, fire, right, um, and heart as your elements. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, earth, wind, water, fire. No, because that is. Yeah, I don't know, Kyle. Are you build a windmill with wind? It's not how they're built. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you could be say the players are magicians, so they just need the re- that you know they could use wind to build a windmill. That would work, right? Yeah, but then are we still? doing but you have to like go get the wind as right. a worker placement you know but if we're magicians 
Are we doing worker placement, or are we just like why not ma- making spells? <laughs> why are magicians well, moving worker- people around? <laughs> magicians have lackeys, don't they? They have assistants. Magician's assistants. I guess. Understudies, if you would. So, like, you send Harry Potter to get. <laughs> Maybe not Harry Potter. This, <laughs> based well, on current things. This thing, it's not Harry Potter's fault. That's true. He actually was very adamant in his feelings <laughs> on those situations. Daniel Radcliffe was. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I just thought this was really interesting because when I was trying to think of a way to make an 18 card worker placement game, I was really. Really, one of their other challenges was an 18 card legacy game, and I actually had an easier time with an 18 card legacy game. Yeah, it's called uh, I, We Didn't Play Test This Legacy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a legitimately already existing game, <laughs> right? So, I just really was struggling with how do you do this in a way that would be fun and interactive and give you good choices. And I just, I think I've just come to the conclusion I'm not smart enough to figure it out. <laughs> I think. It, because it's a contest and it has a, t- a definitive timeline, it would be very hard. But honestly, if we set this out as a task and legitimately just spent one night a week, the two of us talking about ideas, I mm-hmm. think it's doable. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it is doable. Maybe not for us as non-game designers, but even just right. talking about ideas, I think we could get something going. Yeah. So, like I said, we didn't actually need to come to a conclusion tonight. I just thought it was a fun, interesting challenge. So, listeners, if you have an idea of how to make a a worker placement game with 18 cards and nothing else, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Definitely reach out to us on Twitter. We can talk about it there. Or even maybe better, join the Discord. Uh, We can have a conversation at the Board with Video Games channel on the PSVG Discord. Uh, and we could have figured out our 18-card worker placement game. That would be awesome. But like I said, Button Shy does one of these every couple months. They're always super interesting. Um, so if you are in any way interested in designing a board game, definitely a thing I'd encourage you to check out. So Josh, any other thoughts on that, or do you want to move on to your next story slash topic? I, I just I think it's really cool what they do. Um, so I'm glad to see yeah. them doing that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, at least not yet. I'm not talented enough to to uh, not go to any of those challenges. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. What is your third topic this week? Okay. So are you familiar with the Dice Tower Essentials line? I certainly am. I have a few of them. Me too. I'm going to give a, li- a quick list of a couple. We have Dragon Scales by Arcane Wonders. Good Critters, also by Arcane Wonders. Uh, Critical Mass, uh, two of the expansions. I'm not sure if the full game is part of it. Viral, which is also, looks like they're all Arcane Wonders. I think Arcane is their uh, partner for Onitama that. Onitama yeah. and both expansions, uh, Speechless and the Royals. And amongst others, we are now adding a, well, let's see. How did I write this? The Dice Tower Essentials game has been announced, and I couldn't be more disappointed. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Once you said that, I, I right away was like, I bet I know what the theme of this is, and I was right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, the newest Dice Tower Essentials title is Freedom 5, uh, and it is a Sentinels comic book board, Sentinels comics board game. Um, Joking aside, because I was joking. I'm not telling anyone that their game isn't good, but we all know where I stand on Sentinels of the Multiverse. We all know. Uh, So this comes from DiceTowerNews.com by Corey Thompson, writes this article. Um, Basically, the next game has been announced. And uh, it's designed by Richard uh, Launius from Defenders yep. of the Realm, Adam Sadler, who did Descent 
second edition, and Brady Sadler did Brook City. It's a joint effort between Arcane Wonders and Greater Than Games, taking place in one of the same universes as the very popular superhero card game, Sentinels of the Multiverse. It is also reported that Freedom 5 is the newest evolution of the Defenders of the Realm series, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And for people who don't know, Defenders of the Realm is an epic cooperative fantasy game wherein wherein players defend the land from invasion, repair the tainted lands, sounds like Spirit Island, from Greater Than Games, and defeat the four creature factions creeping toward the capital. Now, the follow-up Defenders of the Last Stand used similar gameplay but added more exploration. Uh, now in Freedom 5, uh, one to five players work cooperatively to protect Me- Megalopolis and its inhabitants from the forces of evil, uh, enacted through a dastardly smart AI. Each player takes on the role of a unique superhero, which will hopefully have incredible art, scrambling to quell multiple crises throughout the land. Freedom 5 can be played as a standalone challenge or in a campaign, running through a series of comic book scenarios. Uh, so it's coming to Kickstarter September eighth. So look, we can look forward to more information there. I would like to say I hope this is a game that I'm interested in playing. However, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so if the game is good, but you don't like the theme, are you out? It's not the theme that bothers me. Okay, it's the art in the, in the specific um, reference. Okay, I can, I can see that. Because, you know, Richard Lanius is a really good designer. Obviously, Defenders of the Realm, really good game. He also designed Arkham Horror, which people oh. seem to really like, and Elder Sign. Yep. Uh, and Adam Sadler, a- Adam Sadler, not Adam Sandler, Adam Sadler, uh, you know, Descent, Second Edition, Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures, The Force Awakens core set. He's yeah. done some really good stuff, too. So <laughs> there's some really solid designers behind this. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this game will be a lot of fun. Interestingly, when I said, oh yeah, I own a couple of the Dice Tower Essentials. I actually only own one. I only have Onitama. I thought I had more than that, but that is all I have. Well, I think they have more than just Arcane Wonders. Do so they? I really feel like, isn't Sheriff of Nottingham a Dice Tower Essentials game? I don't know if it is. I just think Tom designed it. Or uh, helped design it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be right. Because I think that's what I was thinking. But then I, the more I thought of it, I think Tom Vassell just helped design it. So I don't believe it's in the line. I might only own one, too, but I definitely kickstarted uh, the other one, which is um, Emerson's new game. So Yep. Oh, yeah. I'll have that so, then too, I guess. So. I'll have two. <laughs> yep. I will have two as well. And Dragon Skills does look cool. I've never played it, but it looks very cool. Yeah, I always look at it when I go to the game store, but I never pick it up. So, yeah, I think I don't buy Dragon. If I recall, Dragon Scales is three player minimum, which oh, I think is why I've never bought it. That might make sense as to why so. I don't have it either. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I definitely like this universe and uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse as a whole more than you do. So yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. <laughs> yeah. I, and like I said, good designers behind it. I'll definitely keep an eye on it. I think a lot of it will just be, you know, seeing it when it's all ready to go and, and how the gameplay looks. But I'm interested. I think more interested than I have been. I was going to say in the Dice Tower Essentials in a while, but like like you, I just backed one on Kickstarter, so I guess that isn't true. Yeah. But I, it, this is definitely another one that I will keep my eye on to kind of see where it goes. So Nice. Very cool. Awesome. Yep. That's my uh, last news topic. Awesome. Well, my last topic, Josh, probably no surprise. Nope. <laughs> PS5. <laughs> Future of gaming. It is here, apparently. PlayStation, after a week delay held their or revealed their 
Future of Gaming show talking about the games we'll be playing on PlayStation 5 and some of them also on PlayStation 4 and some <laughs> of them on PC. Uh, but yeah, so they did the show last Thursday. It was a little over an hour, about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes. Uh, Josh, did you watch the show? I did watch it, yes. Did you watch it live or did you watch it later? I watched it live. Luckily, my son fell asleep on me while we were watching it, so I was able to watch the whole thing. <laughs> Excellent. So there's one trailer I'll want to talk to you about at mm. some point specifically. I'm sure you can probably guess which one that is. Mm. But we haven't talked about this at all. Like we have not no. talked about this show with one one another one bit prior to right now. So here's my question for you, Josh. What did you think? Well, I'll be honest with you, Kyle. It didn't start the way I expected it to start. In I don't fact, think it started the way anyone expected. I felt it to start. really nervous for PlayStation the way that this show started. I was like, oh boy, this is how they're opening the show. <laughs> What are they going to end on? Saints Row Remastered? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just, you know, talk about a game that came out on oh, PS3. No big man. deal. What a, so, yeah. So, opening on... No, Josh, we <laughs> joke about that, but it was still number one in the NPD for May. I know. It's still, though, <laughs> you don't... You oh, I agree. Like it's PlayStation weird. 5 show with a 10-year-old game, and it's... Uh, I just didn't feel great about it, but... I don't yeah. disagree. It was an odd start. I think overall, it was a good show. There's still, I think, I don't know, the hype didn't do it justice. I don't think it was as incredible as a lot of people saying. I also don't think it was as disappointing as some people were saying. I don't know that, it definitely felt like an E3 presentation, but I'm really curious if it would have been different if it was E3. Okay. Um, I, I only say that because... Um, for some reason, and I don't know why, I was, I just was kind of bored by some of the the games. And I know it was over an hour long, but uh, and this is probably more of a, a compliment to them. It didn't feel that long, right? Um, but I really, if for some, for whatever reason, um, I can't explain it. I just felt like I didn't get a lot of games I was excited about. Okay, I mean, you got the sequel to your favorite game of all time. Sure, sure, announced. but I can't just say that that's like. <laughs> <laughs> makes it the best thing I've ever seen. Well, I'm um, not asking for it to be the best thing right. you've ever seen. I'm just surprised at how tempted you are on it. I just, I'm trying to, to, to temper my expectations. Try, I'm trying not to come across too crazy about mm. it because I know we still have more to see. For sure. Um, there are definitely surprises. Uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was just, maybe I don't know what I was expecting because I saw a bunch of games that I wasn't interested in. Maybe I kind of just lowered my overall like enjoyment. Like I enjoyed the whole thing. I should say that. I just I don't know. Maybe I can't explain it. Though. Maybe I was just in a bad mood. <laughs> no, and if you didn't like it, that's totally fine. No, that I mean I did like valid it. Opinion. I just feel like I, there's these gaps for me, uh, and maybe it was just maybe there was a thing where like four or five games in a row just weren't interesting to me, and and that's the problem. I can uh, see that for sure. You know, uh, there's definitely a lot to be excited about. I don't want to keep. I don't want to steal your thunder, though, and just talk about everything that I thought was exciting. No, and I think that that is the danger with every E3 conference. Like, when you get into a conference that's over an hour, there is the potential that you're going to hit a, a 5, 10, 15, 20-minute section, potentially, of games that someone's going to be like, none of those games were for me. Yeah, Xbox is the right? king of doing that. Like, you know, they put in, like... 15 minute demo of Forza 6 and then a 10 to 15 minute interview with the developers about 
how they photograph the cars. Like, no. <laughs> right. Don't so do that. That's, <laughs> that's always the danger of um, a- a- anytime you do a conference that's that, that is that lengthy. I am kind of surprised, though, because, you know, I feel like for the most part, they came out and showed just about every heavy hitter they could. Yeah, because I think so. if you think about it, you know, they follow up to Horizon, which one of the biggest new IPs that they've had. Yeah. Follow up to Spider-Man, which granted it's going to be kind of a Lost Legacy style game. But even like that, you know, was still a really well selling game. Yeah. The next Gran Turismo. Well, the next Ratchet the next, Clank. Next Gran Turismo. <laughs> I'm going to be a little hard. We never got the last Gran Turismo. GT Sport wasn't a game? No, that wasn't what they announced, though. They announced GT7. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just. They announced Gran Turismo 6, which we never got. Well, when the PlayStation 4 yeah. released. <laughs> right. Yes. That's, That's what that I'm referring true. to. <laughs> got you. Okay. Then, yes. <laughs> but like so like you know so part of me is like obviously naughty dog has a game still coming out this year yeah uh we have ghost coming out this year still uh ben just went couldn't doesn't really have time you know london studio probably is doing some vr thing uh japan studio is involved in it two of the games that they talked about yeah you know i feel like i don't know much more of what they could have done right i think maybe i don't know I think maybe because we're about to do the next gen, I just have these high expectations that weren't met. And I don't know that Microsoft's going to meet it either. I just feel like I didn't, it felt more of a game showcase and less like a next gen showcase until obviously the part that was the next gen showcase. (laughs) Um, So, and I'm trying also to separate the mixed messages from afterwards compared to what I watched when I watched it. And that's, I think that's hard for me right now. Dumb executives saying things that aren't true. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't you can't stop it. It's just like no, I know frustrating. I, know. I feel like after basically every major showcase of games, uh, there's always the after the showcase uh, updates. Yeah, you know, no matter who yeah, it is, yeah. there's always the uh, after thing that seems to make things even more confusing than they were while we were watching the original showcase. Exactly. Uh, so, okay. Well, we're not going to go through every game because they did have, if you include the GTA thing, there was 26 games, which is a lot. That's a lot of games. I should, we should know. I mean, it, it is pretty cool that GTA will be free on launch for all PS5 owners. I think that's that's yeah. nice. Um, kind of like, hey, we know that Game Pass only gave it to you for a little bit, um, but we're going to give it to you forever. Well, and no, Ep- and see, Epic this games. is no. <laughs> oh, GTA Online is free for three months when it launches. Oh, I thought it was for people who got a PS5 within the first three months. No, 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 no. When the game launches, anyone who has... Yeah, when the game comes out. um, Okay, that's exciting. (laughs) All PS5 owners will get it free for three months. All right, never mind. So, yeah. So that's what it is. (laughs) And I think part of it is just that Rockstar being Rockstar... Probably yeah. for you to play ball with them, you have to kind of do what they want you to. So I, I don't know that they had a lot of options on the sure, chat. Sure. You're like, okay, we'll do this. I got you. Okay, so first what we'll do, they obviously revealed the console. What are your thoughts on the way the console looks? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not mad at it. It's definitely um, eye-catching. <laughs> it's the <Yeah>. loose, loose <laughs> term I want to use. 
it's not what I had ever imagined it would look like. Nope. Definitely um, true. It definitely is more in line with the controller than we thought it was going to be. It definitely is. Um, I would say it's equally interesting and ugly at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's... And I, and I don't know what else to say about it. I'm interested to see... Um, if they do an all black version, if they do, um, like what custom, like what the like game themed ones are going to look like, if it looks less, um, like an eye of an eyesore than the white version does, it's just so in your face. And if, if you're not totally into it, I don't know how you can be into it at all. Yeah. I, I do think I can't, (laughs) I was trying to find the article and I couldn't find it. There was someone who worked and I think is a, PR marketing guy for PlayStation, so take it for a grain of salt, but talked about how this particular design allows them to do things with future special edition consoles that they wouldn't previously be able to do. Sure. So I have a feeling that, you know, the white fins, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> can be might be able to do some cool things. Maybe the LEDs that exist in it can be uh, changed of colors and all that stuff. I but why base, why base your console off of future custom versions of your console? <laughs> well, why not? You know, why not? I think, yeah. Well, number one, every console these days gets custom versions of consoles. So I think it's yeah. something you have to at least kind of think about. I guess. <laughs> um, but I, I applaud them for going bold. I don't know that I love it. I don't know that I hate it. I'm kind of indifferent on it. Yeah, I feel because, the same way. Because no matter what it looked like, Josh... I'm going to buy one. Right. right. So, right. you know, what it looks like, whatever. Uh, my only concern is it's not going to fit. It's too big. It's, too tall. <laughs> it's huge. It's, it is a big boy. Ooh, goodness, it's a big boy. Uh, it's not going to fit vertically where my current console is. Yeah. I think it'll fit laying down, though. So there we go. <laughs> um, so that's for that. Then, Josh, we're just going to talk. Like I said, they, talk, they had 26 games total. What are? Let's go through three highlights for you okay. from the show. What were three games in this show that you considered to be mediocre? Oh, okay. Mediocre. You don't, you don't consider the show to be mediocre? That was my feeling. Oh, I thought you meant the games that were no, mediocre. No, no, no. no so no. give me a hard time because I wasn't all <laughs> crazy no, about I'm it. No, I'm saying that were there then in the show Yeah. three things you were excited about. Okay. Three things I was excited about. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let me start. Uh I mean, I'm excited about Spider-Man Miles Morales, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's a great character, and it's nice to see him getting his own game, uh, because he he was so, like, he was, like, so much in the first one, but not at the same time. Right. Um, I think Returnal looks awesome and has a terrible name. Uh, (laughs) They might as well just license uh, Live, Die, Repeat. (laughs) I can't decide if I love or hate that name, because a part of me says, well, I... Once I saw the trailer and saw the name, I was like, it completely makes sense. Like, the name makes sense for what you do in the game. Yeah. But I don't know that I like the name. No, I hate the name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's I cool. hear you. I hate the name. It's terrible. Uh, they have marketing people for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, if I'm only picking three, yeah. I mean, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn Forbidden West is clearly the one that I've I've watched six different versions of hd for the trailer so far uh oh that is one good looking trailer my goodness so good i'm a little worried about the underwater gameplay but i trust in them to nail it um 
because at least she's wearing a breathing device, so I don't have to worry about resurfacing. Right. Hopefully, oh my gosh. hopefully it's it doesn't make me resurface all the time. Um, uh, just all different um, enemies, uh, all different uh, um, people we're going to be running into, um, mm-hmm. as far as NPCs and uh, tribes are, are going, and of course the return of uh, of our bad guy from the first one. Right. Um, and it looks like a new form of corruption or just a weird um, way they handled it in the trailer. I'm not really sure right. at the end. Uh, uh, yeah, it looks great. Uh, the details are incredible on the on the animal uh, animations and Aloy has never looked better. Um, everything about that trailer was exactly what I wanted and more. Things I didn't even know I wanted. Like yeah. snapping turtles and mammoths. <laughs> I know, elephants. Yeah. Uh, it it was uh, thrilling um, and exciting, and, and the Golden Gate Bridge looked incredible. So I can't wait. I can't wait till we get our hands on this one. Well, I just want more info because who knows when we're getting our hands on this. When do you think you're getting your hands on that game? I mean, do I? I want it this year. I, I don't. I don't suspect we see it until September next year. But okay, uh, who knows? Still so in the first year of the console is what you're thinking. I, 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 you know, I would kind of hope that they do it if they're showing it now. I hope that it's right. on track for at least next year. Yeah, that's the hard part, because if you think about it, I, I, I have to imagine it's going to be a next year game. I can't imagine it's a launch game. Like, I was hoping that it was going to be launched, but knowing that they have Spider-Man Miles Morales for holiday. Yeah. You know, if you really think about it, they're launching ostensibly then The Last of Us Part Two. Ghost of Tsushima and a Spider-Man game this year. Well, we think now isn't the Spider-Man game going to be like forty bucks? And I I anticipated it'll very forty dollars. Well, I guess it depends on what you consider to be very short. Well, twenty hours. Yeah, I mean, I would assume it's going to be something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, if you think about Insomniac is working on that and Ratchet and Clank, which for me that was one of my the highlights of the show easily was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That game. Uh, was the first time I think I've seen a game because Spider-Man Miles Morales looked really good. I'm not saying that at all. It just definitely looked like a kind of put some little elbow grease into Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. you know, with some lighting and stuff. But Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was the first game I think I've seen that I said, wow, okay, that really looks like a next generation game with how much was going on in the world, how many in the parts where Ratchet and Clank are running through the pavilions, all of the reflections that are just on the floor. Yeah. Like it just really, really was one of the first times that I looked at a game and watched the trailer again and said, dang, like this is really impressive looking. Uh, it, it really, I, that game kind of blew me away. I love the 2016 Ratchet and Clank. I'm really excited for this one. So that was definitely a highlight for me with Ratchet and Clank. Like I talked about earlier, uh, Canada Bridge of Spirits, which is also supposed to come out this holiday still, yeah. uh, is going to be PS5, PS4, and uh pc on uh, yep so but this game you know definitely up my alley it's cute it's adorable uh, i thought the environment designs were really interesting i like how a lot of people have been kind of connecting it with pikmin uh for me i right away started thinking of nino kuni 2 uh just with how you control the little dudes i think they're called rot which is kind of interesting nice. uh that how they work and help you uh for me though this game cinematically is absolutely stunning looking. I just really, my only hesitation is how does it play feel to play? Right. 
Um, so that's kind of the hard thing about that game. So I'm definitely really interested, definitely want to know kind of where that is going. But uh, play for me is how, how that's going to play is the thing I'm a little worried about potentially. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it's other than the the, the song for Bug Snacks being stuck. In oh, my boy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just the part where he's like, I dropped the lamp with my weenie hands. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Oh boy. <laughs> you clearly didn't find it as no. funny as I did. I, <laughs> I missed that one. At I'm... the end of it. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. The lamp with his weenie hands. <laughs> okay, anyway. But then, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, another game that at the end, you know, especially if you go back and watch that trailer in 4K, my goodness, you know. I think is a looker, and, and like you said, it kind of is con- some of the leaks that we've heard or potential things that are happening um, seem to be going on. There was talk about being able to go into water, which also in those same leaks they talked about how you'd be able to go in air, um, so you'd be able to potentially fly or ride things in the air. Yeah, so we'll also wait and see if that's coming. Uh, but yeah, that game just looked stunning, and it you know uh, IP that I, I'm really excited about to see where it goes. Aloy is a great character. So kind of seeing that, I think, um, really, you know, like you said, I think first year, I think probably next holiday-ish, I think is when we'll see that game. Uh, but whenever it is, you know, I'm I'm down for it. I'm excited for it. Yeah. So there were some questions there because there wasn't a lot of dates. There was very, very few games that got dates during the presentation. Yeah. Um, so there was some talk on the social medias that anything without a date would not be at launch or this holiday. Sure. And that what someone who is pretty reputable within the industry but does not work for PlayStation said that that is not wholly accurate, but did not expand any further than that. So some of these games that didn't have dates, at least I are they're trying, I think, to probably get out at launch. And that's maybe why we didn't see a ton of dates is because it's going to depend on how things go, how development goes to wrap up with COVID and everything else. So yeah. I think that's probably why we didn't see as many dates maybe as they were hoping to see, kind of just because of that. Uh, any final thoughts, anything you want to say about a PS5 uh, reveal of games? How do you think it puts them for their footing for next gen? Do you think they're in a good spot right now? And people had said they wanted to hear from them for a long time because they've been pretty silent. Uh, do you think they're in an okay spot, at least for the next few weeks going forward here? Yeah, I mean, they definitely did what what people wanted to do see from them, and that's show games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and they they that's that's all they did. Uh, well, with the ex- ex- and they surprised everyone with the console reveal. Right. So uh, yeah, they did they did what they need to do, and I'm definitely excited about a good amount of these games. Um, it just depends on the price of the console now at this point, and that's kind of what we have to wait for next. I know, and a part of me thinks that because we have two consoles, since we have a digital one, I think this console is going to be a bit expensive, yeah. is what I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I am thinking we're easily seeing a $500 console. Yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking more. more if right? not more, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it could be, if they came out and said it was $600, I would not be surprised. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, and maybe it is just market research that more and more people are saying they want the digital-only option. I, you know, sure, that could be a thing that happened. All points or all signs are pointing towards, you know, Microsoft is going to have the same offering that they're going to have, you know, Lockhart, which is going to be a little bit less powerful, supposedly, right? Uh, but also be digital as that kind of option to fit, fill in the gap there. So, 
Uh, really quick last question then before we move on. So I was kind of surprised that we got a couple Bethesda games in here. Yeah. With Ghostwire Tokyo and the other one that I'm blanking on momentarily, Deathloop. Yeah. So it seems, at least from my perspective, that PlayStation and Bethesda haven't always had the best relationship. Okay. You know, Bethesda seems to typically more often be associated with Xbox, at least in my mind, from especially with the problems when you think of the problems Skyrim had on PS3, for example, um, and the huge loading issues they had there. It just, I really have always typically, you know, Microsoft had them on stage when they talked about Fallout 76. That's always kind of where that relationship for me has seemed to have been stronger. Were you surprised at all to see Bethesda have a couple games there and that they're launching, you know, for a window at least on PlayStation before they come to Xbox? No, I mean, I guess I just wasn't aware of of that relationship. So um, I wasn't surprised. that, that we saw games from them. Uh, um, I was more surprised that what Ghostwire Tokyo looks like than that we saw it. <laughs> I agree. That was not what I was expecting for that game at all. Uh, the one big, I think, admission that people expected to be there that wasn't was the new Call of Duty. We didn't see that at all. But according to Charlie Intel, you know, the Call of Duty site, uh, it sounds like we actually might not see Call of Duty for a while still uh, with the change of developer who is working on it. Sounding like that might be August or September even before we actually see Call of Duty, uh, the next installment and what that reveal looks like. So we'll have to see where that is all at. But overall, I thought it was a pretty solid show. Uh, Definitely, I think, a good mix of games. A lot more family games than I was anticipating. That seemed to be a theme that they they were going after a little bit more there. But yeah, definitely interested. Definitely interested to see kind of where they go next. So Xbox obviously will have their their first party showcase in July. It'll be very. I'm really looking forward to see how they respond. Xbox has now a ton of studios uh, and a ton of properties now under their belt. So it'll be very interesting, and I'm very much excited to see their response because I think these two are are doing a good job of, of trying to raise the game of one another. So we will see how that goes. All right, then we do have a listener question this week. As always, you know, you can reach out to us at BoardWithVG on Twitter um, or send us an email, BoardWithVG at gmail.com if you would rather avoid the social media, which, eh, you know, might not be the worst idea sometimes. This question comes from Kevin Austin at PSVG Kevin. Kevin says, perhaps it's me, but it seems that with life being life right now, board game news has seemed to dry up a bit. Not a lot of new games or big Kickstarters. Do you think that's an effect of what's going on? No conventions, working from home, whatever, or just a coincidence? It's a great question, Kevin. And I do think a little of both in some ways. Kickstarters for board games, especially big Kickstarters, we typically know about months ahead of time, if not at least weeks ahead of time. So I think the fact that we haven't heard maybe some huge Kickstarters or some huge announcements from board games Partly could be a little bit coincidental. They just might not, you know, be at the point where they're ready to announce those things. And there are some fun things on Kickstarter right now. If you want to go check out the Whatnot Cabinet is out is available now. You can go back that from friends of the show. So that's the thing you could definitely go take a look at. But there, you're right. A lot of the big news right now, quote unquote, in games has been delays of stuff. You know, Fantasy Flight wasn't getting games in for many, many months. Uh, a lot of companies were just not shipping things out. 
And I think it, it was hard for them to make decisions about what they were going to do. You know, you look at the news we just had last week with Funko and them laying off a big percentage of their staff. Uh, I think that's where a lot of game companies right now are just trying to figure out what does the future hold for them. You know, with everything else going on in the world, or especially in the U.S., there's a lot of worries about are we going to see another spike in COVID cases? Well, in China, who started to open back up, they're seeing an increase in COVID cases again. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting <laughs> to see what impact that will have in an industry that so strongly relies on manufacturing in China. Um, and obviously, that's not just board games. That's a lot of things. But yeah, I mean, I think there has been less news. I think part of it is because of COVID, but I also think part of it is because, you know, so games take a long time. If you look at example, I know we just talked about them. If you look at Stonemaier games, they kind of put out a, here's what we're working on. And it goes out for three, four years from now. So it's not, these are not quick processes. Games take years and years and years to develop. Um, and I think we just came off a huge rash of big, huge Kickstarters so I, I don't know that we're at a situation where things are being delayed or things are being put off put because these things take so long before we get to the point of Kickstarters, et cetera. But I could be wrong. Josh, what do you think? Um, I mean, yes and no, as far as Kickstarters can go, like obviously Frosthaven happened in the middle of COVID right. and it was the most successful board game Kickstarter um, ever. But uh, there, there are definitely... There's still a lot of Kickstarters going on, um, and my Kickstarting hasn't changed. I'm still backing like <laughs> multiple games a month. Um, I think that I do think that some of the bigger publishers aren't putting Kickstarters out there. I think it's more smaller games, or at least smaller right. cost games. Um, and like, yeah, some of my games are like we only have one game coming out this year, and he's yep. pretty forthcoming about that. Um, which he teased a little bit of an image of and trying to figure out what kind of game. It looks like there's an animal on the cover. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think the board game news, I would say it's just as dry bones as usual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's hard for Kyle and I to find board game news uh, often. Um, it's not as consistent as video games. So uh, I think that that news is still about the same, but like I also that some of it has been about uh, the misfortunes of the board game industry. So right, um, it's just a little you still got to look hard for it. Um, and we're right around the corner from getting a bunch of more board game announcements since there won't be an S and we'll still get uh, announcements um, from all these cons that were canceled or did, went online. You know, we're about to hit board game convention. Right. Not season because we would have already been in it, but like right around E3 is the same time we get like the big board game announcements too. So um, I think we'll just have to wait a little bit longer. And then I think then we'll see what the effect of everything has on the announcements. Yeah. I think especially when we hit Gen Con time in August, that would typically be there. Is there a lot of the announcements for holiday releases would be announced? I'll be very interested to see how many holiday announcements there are or kind of what all that looks like when we hit August. That's, that's what I'm interested to see. So, well, thanks so much for the question, Kevin. We really, really appreciate it. But with that, we're going to move on towards the end of the show, which means giving you our well-rounded life recommendation. Uh, obviously we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you that one recommendation suggestion or thing we're currently into as helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? 
Hey, so uh, I don't remember if we've, if I've mentioned this on our podcast, off mic, on a different podcast, but um, originally the idea was nights like the nights that we that my spent with my wife, we were going to play a board game, a new board game, and watch Harry Potter um, in 4K. We we get the 4K mm-hmm. collection. Um, it has just turned into watching Harry Potter. She, we have not played board games. Gotcha. Uh, however, obviously, with like kind of what's depending on your viewpoint um, on what's going on, uh, J.K. Rowling has definitely come out and said some controversial things that a lot of people are mad about. Uh, it kind of comes in the middle of us rewatching Harry Potter, right? Which is unfortunate. Um, but something that I heard, and, and uh, I don't want to misquote, so I'm just going to paraphrase without telling you who said it, <laughs> as to not screw up the context. But basically, this person said, you know, if, if you watched the movies or read the books and you got special meaning out of the movies or the books, that is for you. It's irrelevant who wrote that. You don't have to not enjoy these things anymore because... Perhaps the person who wrote it does not align with your ideals anymore. So if you're feeling like you're angry at J.K. Rowling for what she's saying, uh, that's okay. That's You're still validated for that. But if Harry Potter means something special to you, you can still have that. You can disassociate the author from that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily in that, like... I didn't read the Harry Potter books because I was a little bit older when they came out than the generation that did read them. Uh, what I will say is we just finished the Half-Blood Prince, so we only have two movies left, which is technically mm-hmm. one movie. Um, and I, in my rewatch, first I want to say I don't know how much of it is the, is due to 4K. Probably not much because it's just kind of something your brain says, oh, it's in 4K, so it must be better. Um, but they hold up incredibly well. Um, and uh, I'm enjoying them more now than the first time I've seen them, mm-hmm. which is very surprising to me. Um, I just expect, I, did, uh, you know, I expected them to be outdated. I expected it to have bad special effects, or not bad, but like noticeable. Right. Um, and I just expected to have like, the Harry Potter vision from when I first saw them Mm -hmm. and, and I expected to not like them as much or like them the same. And I'm actually really finding myself uh, really engrossed in the films and enjoying spending time with my wife watching them because we didn't really know each other when those movies came out. So it's actually nice to spend time with her with something she really likes. So Mm -hmm. my recommendation isn't so much, Rewatching Harry Potter, even though I said that, despite Harry, despite J.K. <laughs> Rowling, I think it would. It's really revisit something if you have a significant other or someone important in your life, whether that's an, a significant other or not. Watch something with them that's important to them, mm-hmm. um, because that's a cool thing to be able to do. Um, and it she's is. never seen Lord of the Rings, so. We're going to do um, the, I don't know if I should do the extended editions or not, but we're going to do Lord of the Rings uh, once this is finished. Very cool. Uh, I'm going to put a pin in all of that real quick and just go back to, we made predictions about the PS5 reveal thing. Uh, <laughs> your predictions, Josh, were a lot of JRPDs, the next COD, and something Kingdom Hearts. 
So none of those things happened. Well, we did see two JRPGs. But you said a lot. That and, was your and, specific yeah. wording was a lot. That's true. Uh, and mine were Bluepoint uh, and doing the all the PS3 games coming to PS5, which was well, totally wrong. Uh, Ratchet Clank, so I got that right. So that was good. And then Japan Studio revealing a new IP, which did not happen, though they had a couple games they were working on. Neither of them were new IPs. So wrong there but i got one right so i'm I'm pretty stoked about that okay you win one to zero i get it (laughs) (laughs) uh but to back to recommendations for well-rounded life doing something or watching something with a partner or someone you care about josh that is exactly where my recommendation comes from nice so my recommendation is for the great on hulu if you're not familiar with the great it is a satirical comedic drama about the rise of catherine the great um and how she became i guess spoiler alert for history uh the one of the one of if not the the longest reigning female ruler in russian history it is very satirical there is a it it, is pretty humorous i laugh a lot while watching this show but my partner is very much into um, period pieces and period shows uh, which are usually not my thing i don't like them as much as she does uh but she asked if i would watch this with her so i said okay i would uh, and i'm really enjoying it i'm not done we're not done with it yet but i've really enjoyed what i've watched so far uh it stars l fanning fanning excuse me as Catherine the great uh and nicholas holt as peter and i really like nicholas holt i hit once i saw him as nux i just really <laughs> have always enjoyed him uh i think he does did a great job with that and his other roles as well uh but he in this show is great l fanning in the show is great but if you have experience with seeing especially um, Nicholas Holt and like X-Men and Mad Max and all that good stuff. Uh, he does some really great comedy um, in this role. So I definitely recommend it. It's the great. It's on Hulu. Uh, it is 10 episodes. They're close to an hour each, but really enjoy it. Definitely not for kids. Not kid friendly at all. Not even close. <laughs> uh, mostly for language than anything. But I'm having a good time. So it might be something you might not consider to watch. It might not be on the radar of a lot of our listeners, but it's pretty great. So check out The Great nice. on Hulu. I just ordered Josh Mad me. Max on 4K because Target has a buy two, get one free sale this week. They do, which includes video games. Yeah, video games, books, and movies. I got Indeed. Rogue One, The Force Awakens, and Mad Max on 4K. That's a pretty good group of movies yeah. for 4K. Awesome. All right, Josh, what do you say we wrap the show up? Great idea. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. Uh, we tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all the social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on we encourage you to give us a stellar rating that is whether you're downloading us from the psvg feed the dice tower network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed you can find me on xbox live and playstation network and steam at why so serious kyle where can people find you so you can find me at all of the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.